Once again, welcome. Welcome to FIMC and our Monday night gathering. Last week, for some of you who were here, you might remember that I shared with you about karma and I tried to frame it in the sense of actually how empowering it is to show that in each moment we have this chance to shape, to shape our, our lives in a certain direction. And that's what the Buddha was really trying to give to us was this empowering teaching in terms of being able to shape our lives. And I also gave you this image of cultivation that in early Buddhism, this is such the narrative that's there is to cultivate. And I inviting you to, to remember that the Buddha was probably overlooking these fields of people um, farming this process of cultivation and so much of what we're doing is cultivating the heart and mind in a certain direction. And yet what I've noticed is that um, this process of cultivation get, can get hooked by another dynamic in our lives that just leads to suffering and confinement. <laughs> and it's around uh, something called becoming. Uh, the Pali word is bhava. And the Buddha speaks a lot about trying to, you could say kind of in modern terms, trying to become somebody. And I want to say, you know, there's a place the, the, for identity. Identity is important for our lives. And also to be recognized in certain ways can be really important. But trying to be a certain person can create all kinds of suffering. And I'm just curious, you know, just as a way of beginning here, because I have no idea how this phrase is landing for you. But when you hear this idea that, just to begin with, because I'm going to be talking about it, this idea that trying to become someone or trying to become a certain person leads to suffering, what comes to mind? So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to put in the chat box if there's a word or a phrase that somehow gets elicited by this sense of trying to become somebody. Just to see what that evokes. I'm curious. And you can put it in the chat box there. Hopefully you can chat with everyone there. Success, success. Thanks, Khan. Or not okay as I am. Thanks, Tara. Hopefully we're gonna to get to both of those. Any other words that come maybe for folks? Oh, interesting, inauthenticity. Or unnatural, dependent upon circumstance, status. Thank you, Yansu. Ambition equal in not being enough. And Walt, yeah, desire. Yeah. Yeah, the the phrase I was saying was um, trying to be somebody or trying to be a certain person. That was the phrase I was using. Anxiety, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wanting to change stress, yeah. Comparing to others, yeah. Well, this is great. See, we don't need a Dharma talk. We just need a chat box like this. This is good enough. This is fantastic. <laughs> Missing the person you are, trying to become a good person. Oh, trying to become a good person. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that one. 
Actually, I'm going to start with that right now. So thanks to the lead-in, Kathy. And I did not prime Kathy for this, but <laughs> she just read my mind. I think after about a year after I was ordained, um, I started to see this dynamic. And it was a time, you know, it was the, I was uh, really gung-ho at this point in my practice. And it was Zen, and Zen practice was very kind of ardent and intense and really brought on that kind of intensity in myself. And I started to see this dynamic, and underneath it was I wanted to be a certain person. I was trying to be somebody. And really, I was trying to be someone who was complete and whole and perfect, whether that being the perfect kind person or the perfect mindful person. And what would happen is I'd have some experience of like strong mindfulness or the heart would really open or some experience that feels like you could say like pure awareness, where it's like, oh, this is it. And then as most of you know what happened, those experiences went away. <laughs> and then my mind was continually lost in thought or you know, I'd be overwhelmed by emotion or big bouts of aversion. Which I wanna point out is an actually a, a very natural process. But for me, when things felt like they were going, weren't going well, where they were going wrong, I noticed my mind was getting hooked by the story. It was like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And once I started to feel that sense of unworthiness or something's wrong with me, I would immediately go back into practice and then dive back in there. And then I'd have these opening experiences. Things would crumble apart. I'd feel like something's wrong with me. And then the whole cycle. Are you hearing the cycle? Do you hear the cycle? Maybe you can relate to it. I was trying to become someone. And I thought maybe if I practice hard enough, I can stop being a person who feels like they're not good enough. And maybe I can become somebody who feels like they're good enough all of the time. I think deep down inside, that's what I was looking for. And it sounds pretty good, don't you think? Wouldn't that be sweet? And yet I was, I was caught. It was a whole cycle. And it reminds me of an image that the Buddha gives for craving. He says it's kind of like a, a rabbit that's caught in a snare. It's just going around and around and around. It's like this is the hamster wheel of trying to become somebody, a perfect person of some sort, trying to run away from this notion that something's wrong with me. I want to point out the societal dimension to this, which probably most of you are aware of. When our hearts and minds are exposed to dominant narratives, our minds do all kinds of things with those. You know, just around gender, right? Often there are two narratives, and remembering gender is broader than two narratives, yet we're given two narratives. And yet those narratives, it's kind of like I'm being fed what it means to be a man. And I know that's been a whole journey for me to struggle what that means and the stories I've been given. And even if I can say to you, oh, I'm smarter than that, I can still see it, how it influences, how I, how I navigate emotions, how I interact with other men. And maybe those of you who identify as women have experienced similar things, but other dynamics around messages around that. 
or it can be around other things like body image, accents, skin color, age. Those messages, those narratives, right? They, they affect us and they affect the impulses of how I want to be somebody. And so I can make, make it sometimes feel less than and then try to make up for it in all kinds of ways to trying to become somebody. Can you start to relate to this trying to become somebody? Or another way that I see it is um, just, just if you can finish the sentence and maybe you've seen this come up in your mind, your unwise mind, if only. If only I could find the perfect relationship, then, then I'll be somebody or then I can really live my life. If only I could stop having back pain, that's when my life starts, is when my back starts to feel better. If only, if only all my worries were to disappear and vanish, then I could live my life, then I could be that certain person. And I wanna be really clear, at least I feel, there's nothing wrong with taking care of back pain. <laughs> or addressing worry, but how's your mind relating to the process? How much is it hooked into trying to really create somebody? And I wanna point out, this can be so subtle, and hopefully you're hearing the full range here from when we really feel like something's wrong with me and it, it, it pushes us to try to be the good person in some kind of overly perfected way to something that can be quite subtle. Like here's a more subtle example. And I wanna get into this a little bit just to, to show the kind of the subtlety of Buddhist psychology with this too. Many years ago, I was doing this teaching residency in Albuquerque for the Albuquerque Sangha there. And I brought my old mountain bike with me. And I don't know if any of you have been to Albuquerque, but they have these wonderful bike lanes uh, going along the Rio Grande there in places. And, Oh, it's just wonderful. So I was riding my bike along and um, people were passing me by on these really great road bikes. <laughs> and, um, and I want to go through with you how there was a birth of a certain me that caused suffering. So I just want to uh, bring this up a little bit. Let me um, get this set up of how just um, how just this uh, gets created in this way. Just one second here. How can I do this? I need to stop the recording here. Just let me pause the show you. Let me share with you my screen here. Just to go through the process here. Okay. So this is the unfolding of when I was riding my old mountain bike and how you can see there's still a trying to become somebody even around something so simple as seeing a really cool road bike. So the Buddha talks about, this is part of dependent origination, which some of you know, but hopefully you can see my screen. Can you give me a thumbs up if you can see my screen here? Okay, great. So a moment of experience is called contact. And what contact is, in, is, is when you have a sense organ, like an eye or an ear, 
and then you have a sense object like a sound or a sight and you have consciousness and when those three things come together that's a moment of contact a moment of experience so in this context i see the cool road bike i hear the bike so there's the first condition and then the buddha says that these can be conditions that unfold in a particular way and then within that contact right that contact of experience is going to be pleasant unpleasant or neutral so for me seeing a really cool groovy road bike um seeing and hearing that road bike was pleasant or i liked seeing and hearing the bike it had a pleasant experience to it and then craving craving can start to arise from this i want what do i want i want a road bike I don't want an old bike. I want one of those. <laughs> they go so much faster. They look really cool and really sweet. And then clinging can arise when craving is there. And clinging, I think the best definition is my definition. I really, really want. I just don't, don't just want, just want. I really, really want. And what do I really, really want? I really, really want a road bike. <laughs> Hopefully you're hearing this unfolding. And this is the interesting thing. Here comes becoming. This is where the process of creating a self starts to come in. Where there's this visceral sense of really craving something. And then the process of creating, creating a self is like this. For me to be happy, for me to live in this world with contentment, I have to have a road bike. You ever have that feeling? I know it sounds ridiculous. Maybe someone there can relate to it. And then birth, the Pali word jati, the birth of a self. I still don't have a, a, a road bike, but, but if you imagine, <laughs> I become the proud owner of a road bike and something is fulfilled in me. Someone is born. I become somebody but it's incredibly confining. And then what happens, and this is the kicker, is that self dies. And how does that self die? I'm not so interested in the road bike, I like it. But then my mind needs to move on to something else for me to be happy, for me to live in this world with contentment. Sometimes it feels like it has to have something else. This is, this dynamic, this dynamic of becoming on a really subtle level, becoming somebody. And do you see the cycle? I become someone and there's something fulfilling about that experience and then I die and then it has to happen again. And I want to point out, there's nothing wrong with getting a road bike. I want to be clear about that. It's not like one of the Buddhist precepts, thou shalt not buy a road bike. It's about how are you relating to it? You know, is, is the mind getting entangled with something? Eric Fromm put it really well. He said, if I am what I have and, what if, and, and if what I have is lost, who then, who then am I? And then he answers it. Nobody but a defeated, deflated, pathetic testimony to a wrong way of living. 
right? If, 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 I'm, if I'm getting hooked into a self that's being creative, created around what I acquire, whether that be a thing or an experience, it's going to set me up in some way. I'm not, I'm not getting a taste of a deeper sense of contentment that can come from the spiritual practice. You're saying this practice, the language I want to use for tonight is it's more like I'm given the opportunity to move into a sense of being rather than becoming. And for me, those two words have such a different feeling to them. When I can be, there's a sense of resting where I'm, 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 I'm residing somewhere else and becoming, there's an agitation there. And I want to be clear, there's a place, yes, to be cultivating these things. This is what I was talking about last week. There's a place to take care of back pain and our worry and our anxiety. It can be okay to have a road bike, all of you that have a road bike. <laughs> but how is the mind relating to it? And is there a self that's being born around that in some way? Maybe just one example of a different direction with this, and then I want to get into you know some more subtlety with this. Some of you might know this um, story. I remember um, I used to go to. Uh, some of you might know. Do you, does anybody know the the gym on Isabel Street there? The um, I don't know if anybody knows the rec center there. It has a really small weightlifting gym there. And many years ago, I, start, I started to go there to work out. And for me, it felt really intimidating because I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy that goes to gyms. And I felt like um, all the other guys had arms that were as big as my thighs. <laughs> you know, so here I am, you know, the, <laughs> the geeky kid there going in, not knowing anything about weights. And... Uh, it just felt so unfriendly and intimidating. And um, I, I remember one of my practices to deal with this is um, I felt like I needed to be a kind person. And what happened is luckily I caught that and I, and I thought to myself, I don't need to be a kind person. I just need to see if I can bring in moments of kindness here and there. And it made all the difference. I didn't have to be any certain way, but just to practice kindness. It was sweet. You know, everybody there was so sweet to me once you know, I started to practice kindness. But I didn't have to be any other way. I was just allowing something to arise. And I know that those can sound the same to people, but the practice felt different to me. There was actually space for me, and then it was a space for me to bring something into the world where I didn't have to be somebody, I get to cultivate kindness. And it felt really so different. So what is the way out? The way out of becoming and into being in this world where there can be cultivation, where there can be growth in your life. And I want to share with you a, a poem by uh, uh, Lisa Lowitz. 
entitled Waiting, which I think speaks to this in a really interesting way. So the title of this poem is Waiting. You keep waiting for something to happen, the thing that lifts you out of yourself, catapults you into doing all the things you've put off, the great things you're meant to do in your life, but somehow never quite get to. You keep waiting for the planets to shift, the new moon to bring news, the universe to align, something to give. Meanwhile, the pile of papers, the laundry, the dishes, the job, it all stacks up while you keep hoping for some miracle to blast down upon you, scattering the piles to the winds. Sometimes you lie in bed terrified of your life. Sometimes you laugh at the privilege of waking, but all the while, Life goes on in its messy way. And then you turn 40 or 50 or 60, and some part of you realizes you're not alone and you find signs of this in the animal kingdom. When a snake sheds its skin, its eyes glaze over. It slinks under a rock, not wanting to be touched. And when caterpillar turns to butterfly, if the pupa, pupa is brushed, it will die. And when the bird taps its beak hunger, hungrily against the egg, it's because the thing is too small, too small, and it needs to break out. And midlife walks you into that wisdom that this is what transformation looks like, the mess of it the tapping at the walls of your life, the yearning and writhing and pushing until one day, one day you emerge from the wreck, embracing both the immense dawn and the dusk of the body, glistening, beautiful, just as you are. to emerge from the wreck just as you are. And the waiting and the hoping, the hoping that something's going to happen, so much of it I notice is the attempt so I can be somebody else, hopefully a somebody else that doesn't have to go through the wreck. The wreck that happens in our lives And to be just as you are, yes, there is yearning and writhing and pushing. But to me, that's cultivation rather than becoming. So engaging in this process of cultivation just as you are. And one of the things, just coming back to what we come to again and again when we meet together, is coming into presence. Resting in being, so I get a taste of something different, is one side. A different place of residing. 
And what I've noticed when I reside there, it's easier for me to see when I'm getting hooked by becoming somebody. Whether it's around the bike, it's around not wanting to have the back that's in pain. It's just to see that. And when the mind sees it, it can unhook more easily or at least have more space around it. That's what we're trying to engage in, the simply seeing experience, a residing somewhere else, residing and simply that being aware. That's the freedom to me. It feels so different to me when I can just notice. And sometimes I use that label, oh, becoming. Sometimes the way I see it too, it is like I want to be seen in a certain way. And I have some kind of story that pops up in my mind. Maybe I should say this or not say that. And then I'll be seen in a certain way. Oh, becoming. Yep. There it is. Oh, what a relief. It's just a thought. I don't have to get lost in it as much. So what could this look like? The culmination of being rather than becoming. And to end with a, a poem by Rio Khan. It's probably my favorite Rio Khan poem. Rio Khan being the, the tiger Rio Khan, the, the great Japanese Zen poet. He begins, he says, my legacy, what will it be? I want to stop there. Important question, right? What, what is going to be the legacy of your life, your fragile, fleeting life? What are you going to make of it? I think this is an important question. My legacy, what will it be? And then he answers, flowers in spring, the cuckoo in summer, and the crimson maples of autumn. There's something so moving to me when I really hear in that poem what's not in the poem. He's not there. And the world can come alive in a really beautiful way. So let's give this a try. Let's, um, let's take a, a one minute stretch break and then come back and I'll frame our sitting meditation around exploring being and becoming in this way. But really do take one minute. Let's come back. It's uh, 35 minutes past the hour just to take your eyes away from the screen and then uh, let's come back and, and sit together and frame it with this being and becoming. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.